Hello, precious brothers and sisters. Hey, have you ever said something to somebody and what you said was not necessarily what they heard or what you even meant? My name is Jody Coward, and I would like to welcome you to the Blood of the Lamb Ministries' new podcast, Twisted Perspectives. Twisted Perspectives is about expressions that you've often heard, but we've put a new and slightly twisted biblical perspective on them. And occasionally, we'll even discuss some other biblical topics. Well, good day, brothers and sisters. Praise God. Hey, I just want to take a minute and tell you thank you for taking time out of your busy schedules to listen to my podcast. Thank you with all my heart. Hey, today on Twisted Perspectives episode, we're going to do things just a little bit different. And again, you know it's called Twisted Perspectives. But what I'm going to do today is present two episodes of Twisted. And at the end, I'm going to teach a lesson on both of them and tie them both together because they really do fit together. So anyway, are you ready to get twisted? Slave or servant? Jesus, the Son of God, said he did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for you. He is God's only begotten Son, and yet he chose to serve. But not as a slave, but rather as a servant. So what's the difference between a slave and a servant? Well, let's look. A slave must do. A servant gets to. A slave does just enough. A servant goes beyond. A slave goes a mile. A servant goes the extra one. A slave feels used. A servant gives and gives and gives some more. A slave is bound. A servant has liberty and freedom. A slave fights for his own rights. A servant lays down his own rights. Jesus told us to follow his example. So here's my question. Are you a slave or are you a servant? That was the first twisted episode. Here's the second one. I, me, my, and mine. In my opinion, these are the four worst words in the entire English language. And they should be even more so for those of us that call ourselves Christians. These words point everything to ourselves. For example, I think, I feel, what about me? This is my this, and this is my that. This is my disease. Hey, that's mine. I, me, and mine, and my. When we say these kinds of things and these kinds of words, we make it all about ourselves. The only time Jesus ever mentioned these words was when he said things like this, My Father and I are one. Or he said, Not my will, Father, but your will be done. Maybe... Just maybe we should follow the example that Jesus left us with. Forget about me, myself, and I, and think Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Be selfless. I, me, mine, and my. Okay, listeners, that that was our uh, two episodes on Twisted. In today's episode of Slave or Servant, I ask you the question, were you a slave or a servant? So here's an idea. Let's look at Jesus to see what he did and also what he said we're supposed to do. Does that sound good? First scripture we're going to read today is out of Matthew chapter 20, verses 26 through 28. I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation. But this is not your calling. You will be led by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others. Because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. Verse 28. 
For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served, but to serve, and to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. Those were Jesus' own words. Now turn with me, if you would, to the book of Mark, chapter 10. And this time I'm going to be reading out of the Amplified Version. And we're going to be reading verses 42 through 45. Verse 42. Calling them to himself, talking about his disciples, Jesus said to them, You know those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles, they lorded over them, and their powerful men exercise authority over them, tyrannizing them. Verse 43. But this is not how it is among you. That's you and me. Instead, whoever wishes to become great among you must first be your servant. Verse 44. And whoever wishes to be first and most important among you must be the slave of all. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now turn with me, if you would, to the book of First Peter, chapter 5. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 2. And this time I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. Boy, I'm sure mixing it up on you all today, aren't I? First Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 2. Are you ready? And now a word to you who are elders in the churches. I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. And I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. As a fellow elder, I appeal to you. Care for the flock. And I want to stop right there for just a second. If you're a member of a church, you're part of a flock, and we should care for one another. Verse 2. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Sounds to me like we're supposed to be servants. Just guessing. Are you getting to see the picture here that Jesus was a servant? That he's asked us to be servants and model his example that he left us with? So now turn with me to the book of John, chapter 21, verses 4 through 13. And I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who it was. He called out, Fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you'll get some. Sounds to me like they would have known about this from before. Continuing on with verse 6. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple that Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. It's funny to me that Jesus had done this for Peter before and the fishermen before, but none of them recognized who he was. It was John, the, the one that Jesus loved. The, John, the disciple that had a revelation of the love Jesus had for him. Let's continue on. Verse number 8. The others stayed with a boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about a hundred yards from the shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking on a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you have just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish, and yet the net was not torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. But none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. 
Have you ever had something happen in your life and you didn't need to ask anybody who did it? You just knew that Jesus did it. That's what they just experienced. Verse 13, then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. Jesus served them breakfast. How would you like to have Jesus come and serve you breakfast? Wouldn't that be awesome? Actually, he can. Every morning, if you will pick up your Bible and read it, you will be eating the living bread of life, the word of Almighty God. So, onward with the scriptures. Let's turn to John chapter 13. We're going to be reading the story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Now, before we read it, I do want to say this about it. Feet washing at that time in history was probably the lowest of low for a servant. You have to understand these people wore sandals. They didn't wear Nike tennis shoes and Adidas tennis shoes and Tony Lama cowboy boots. They didn't wear none of that. They had sandals. They walked on dirt streets, and on the dirt streets there was camel manure, ox manure, sheep manure, all kinds of animal manure. And to wash somebody's feet with all that dirt and, and dung on them had to be a pretty nasty job. So anyway, John chapter 13 verse 12, and I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again, and he sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that is what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. So let me take a break. I, I wonder if we walked in streets like they walked and wore sandals like they walked, if you come to visit my house or if I came to visit your house, will we wash one another's feet? I just wonder. Let's continue on. Verse 15. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are no greater than their master. Nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, and if you do these things, God will bless you for doing them. What I've seen in over 20 years of, of ministry in the church is every Christian, me included, okay, I'm just a person just like everybody else. I have my faults. I have my shortcomings just like everybody else. But it amazes me that we want to go to church and sing, God bless me, God bless me. But how often do we think about blessing God? Because we are his servant. We should be washing his feet. We should be worshiping him. We should be praising him. We should be adoring him and loving on him because he is our king. He is our savior. He is Jesus. Okay, so here's a question. How can we follow the example that Jesus left us with? Where can we receive the power to do this? Only one place that I know, and that is spending time in his presence and letting the Holy Spirit minister to us so that we may minister to him. So what's the benefit of being a servant of Jesus? Well, I found a few examples in the Bible. You read about this woman that is coming to anoint the feet of Jesus with this spikenard, very expensive oil. My research of this woman, I found out that she is the sister of Lazarus, sister of Martha. I found out that this perfume was called spikenard, or some translations call it nard. This stuff was imported from India up in the Himalaya mountains and it was equal to a year's salary. It was very expensive. Most of the guys were indignant that this woman was pouring this expensive oil on the feet of Jesus. And in verse number six, Jesus told them, 
leave her alone. He said, why are you criticizing her for doing such a good thing to me? You know something I've noticed about Christians? When you're trying to do something good for Jesus, there's always somebody that wants to criticize you for it. I was criticized about trying to do this podcast and starting and in, in trying to get people's opinions and support and so on and so forth. And some people criticized me for it. In verse number nine, we read that Jesus said, wherever the gospel is preached, this story about this woman will be told and she will be remembered for it. That, my dear brothers and sisters, is the reward of a servant. And guess what else about this prostitute? That everybody was wreaking havoc about her spending this money on this oil to anoint the feet of Jesus. She was one of the people at the cross when Jesus died. There was Mary, his mama. There was John, the disciple that Jesus loved. And there was Mary, the prostitute. My point is, is that this prostitute was rewarded greatly because she was a servant. John, the disciple that Jesus loved, was rewarded greatly because he was a servant. John relentlessly drew on the love of Jesus Christ. He had a revelation of the love of Jesus. So now on to our second twisted perspective of today. I, me, my, and mine. Hey, did you know that when you're born again, you're generally taught to be self-centered? But hey, listen, here's a revelation for you. When you get born again, we have to be taught to be Christ-centered. In today's vignette of I, me, my, and mine, I said we need to become selfless. I wonder, what does Jesus have to say about that on that subject? Well, let's look. Let's turn in your Bible to John chapter 14. I'm going to be reading verses 10 and 31. And now I'm going back to the Passion Translation. Again, John chapter 14. Verses 10 and 31. Verse 10, Don't you believe that the Father is living in me and that I am living in the Father? Even my words are not my own, but have come down from my Father. For he lives in me, and he performs his miracles of power through me. Verse 31, I am doing exactly what the Father has destined for me to accomplish, so that the world will discover how much I love the Father. Now come with me. Now go with me to John chapter 8. And I'm going to read verse 19 again out of the Passion Translation. John chapter 8, verse 19. Then they asked, Just who is this father of yours? Where is he? Jesus answered, You wouldn't ask that question if you knew who I am or my father. For if you knew me, you would recognize my father too. So here's a question. When people look at us as Christians, do they see Jesus? You know, a lot of times out there in the world today, especially with the way things are now today, we're living in a world that I never dreamed in my childhood would ever exist. But it is what it is. But here's my question. When, when out there in the world and people like at your job or at a restaurant or wherever, when they see you and how you're acting, do they see Jesus? You know, a lot of Christians act just like the people out there in the world today. We need to follow Jesus' example, because when they looked at him, he wanted them to see his father. That should be our prayer, too. When they look at us, we should want them to see Jesus. Now turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 24 through 26. And this one I'm going to read out of the Message Bible. Matthew 16, verse 24 through 26. Then Jesus went to work on his disciples. 
Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You are not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is my way to finding yourself your true self. What kind of deal is it when you get everything you want but you lose yourself? What could you ever trade for your own soul? You know, I heard a, I think it's called an acronym for the word joy, J-O-Y. Get your mind on Jesus and others and you'll get it off of yourself. That way you'll have joy. Now let's turn to Matthew chapter 5, verses 40 through 42 out of the Passion Translation. Again, that's Matthew chapter 5, verses 40 through 42 out of the Passion Translation. You know, a lot of people call this the Sermon on the Mount. I like to call it the culture of the kingdom, how we're supposed to act. Verse 40, if someone is determined to sue you for your coat, give him the shirt off your back as a gift in return. And should people in authority take advantage of you, do more than what they demand. Learn to generously share what you have with those who ask you for your help. And don't close your heart to the one who comes to borrow from you. You know what we want to do instead of that? We think we have an opinion about that. And listen, in a kingdom, you have no opinion. If the king tells you to do something, you do it. Our king has just told us to do this stuff. And most of us want to argue. Most of us want to judge those people. He didn't say nothing about judging them. As a matter of fact, he said, if you judge somebody, you're going to be measured back with that same judgment. So that's about it for today. That's our lesson for the last vignette, I, me, my, and mine. Now let's see if we can tie all this together. Here's my final thoughts for today. The longer I walk with the Lord, the more trials and testings that the Lord walks through with me, I become more and more convinced that our heart's cry needs to become more of Jesus and a whole lot less of me. More of you, Jesus, and a whole lot less of me. You know, I said earlier, when you're born, you're generally taught to be self-centered. As adults, I believe self-centered usually gets a lot worse for some of us. But in the ways of Jesus's kingdom, it's backwards. The ways of the world are backwards from the ways of Jesus. Instead of being self-centered, we must become Christ-centered. I have said this for years, that God has this funny idea that his kingdom is about his son, Jesus Christ. We need to come to understand that in the kingdom, the king, that's Jesus in our case, is the focus of pretty much everything. Here's what I mean by that. Several years ago, I was telling a friend of mine about how the Lord asked me if I had ever thought about asking him where I wanted to go to church. And I told, told the Lord, I didn't know we could do that. So I asked the Lord where he wanted me to go to church, and I've asked him ever since. But that friend once told me that when he was looking for a church to take his family to, that he told God exactly what he wanted in the church. I mean, from the pastor to the worship team, to the Sunday school program, and even to the out reach programs. My friend was telling me all of this, and to be honest with you, my thought was, friend, you have no idea of the concept of, of a kingdom. You see, in a kingdom, you don't tell the king. You don't tell the king what you want. You don't tell the king what you, wanted, what you want him to do. No, 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 no. The king tells you, my friend. Now, I'm not positive if my friend ever found his church, 
but I do know that my friend was centered on what he wanted and his desires of a church. He was not centered on what God's desires for his life was. How many of you know that God's plans are always better than our own plans? My point is this. If we were servants of the Lord, then we must come to know according to kingdom protocols. We must become less self-centered and more King Jesus-centered. The Apostle Paul told us that we are to die to ourselves daily. And that, my dear listeners, is the only possible way, and it is by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Father God, I lift these listeners up to you. I plead the blood of Jesus over them, Father. Father, I ask you to take this word that was sown into their heart and that you water it and bring forth much fruit in their life for the glory of your name and the glory of your kingdom. Father, I ask you to help them by the power of the Holy Ghost to become less about themselves and more about Jesus, less about themselves and more about others. For in serving you and in serving others, Father, we find our true selves. I give you praise. I give you glory for it. All in the precious name of Jesus of Nazareth. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. Thank you, brothers and sisters. Thank you. I'd like to thank you for taking your time to listen to our podcast today. If you would like to contact us with your questions, your comments, or even your prayer request, you can do so at jodycoward59 at gmail.com. That's J-O-D-Y-C-O-W-A-R-D 59 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, remember, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. 